come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Hey everybody, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but right now it's time for the podcast from outer space, so cheers to the Loyal Legion. It's your boy Rob Scott. We're back at it once again. We got Teabag, aka Adam Narlock, in the house this evening. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. And if you'd like to uh, grab yourself a icy cold margarita like we're drinking right now, feel free. Because we're about to break down episode 73 for you guys. We're getting into the greys. And we're talking about aliens. Wait a minute. This whole episode's about aliens? <laughs> well, they're basically I just real. Spent the whole week re- I just spent the whole week re-watching Grey's Anatomy. Well, <laughs> now, I mean, it's nothing to do with Grey. Well, I guess we could say it kind of is a lot to do with Grey's Anatomy. Because as we'll find out, these guys are obsessed with anatomy. The human anatomy. And if it makes Who you feel isn't? any better, Ryan was watching Fifty Shades of Grey last night. I saw him. Yeah. Now, also, I'm going to say uh, aliens, they're basically real. I mean, government officially. Basically? They come out. They go on record. This is on record, and nobody gives a fuck because of this goddamn virus we got going. UFO, Tic Tac, uh, Box UFO. We talked about it. Is the invasion coming? Well, they're doing a lot of weird stuff right now because no one really cares because they're all focused on how many people are dying from the coronavirus. Mm. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably already believe that aliens are real. Tic Tac. (laughs) Tic Tac UFO. You seen the video? I watched the documentary put out by our boy Tom DeLonge. Tic Tacs were all over that thing. Tic Tac? Is that that new Chinese app? (laughs) (laughs) TikTok, baby. Now, going in that, Mm. I guess going off of that, aliens, back to aliens, um, you know, as Rob said, we're getting into uh, the grays. Now, let me start this one off with a question. Question. When you hear the term alien, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? A fantastic episode of ours from the past about a Ridley Scott feature film. Okay, so you think of the movie Alien, maybe a xenomorph? Check it out if you haven't already. He thinks of Sigourney Weaver naked. That's what you're thinking of? A different kind of chess buster, if you will? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rob, how about you? When you hear the term alien, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Number one is uh, that Area 51 shirt that Dad used to have with aliens all over it. Number two is the alien guy from uh, Mars Attacks, the main guy. Ooh. Okay. And that'll be a question for our loyal legion as well. You know, just think of the term alien, first thing that comes to mind. And we are diving back into the deep end tonight, my brothers, as we are getting into one of the many reported alien races that has visited or could currently be right here on planet Earth, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we are talking about the greys, all 50 shades of them. (laughs) Now, when it comes to greys, they're described as being human-like, small body, smooth gray-colored skin, enlarged heads, and giant black eyes. 
Um, the Greys, as we'll call them throughout this episode, are one of the many known races of aliens to be out there buzzing around in the universe, and many claim they are still visiting us, and even possibly living amongst us here on Earth. Um, you know, this, shapeshifters? Now, that is, uh, some, some people do believe that there are, I guess, gray shapeshifters out there. So, in a similar vein to reptilians, another episode to check out on another alien race that's currently among us on Earth. Uh, but the grays, you know, these are the typical aliens that we think of. Big head, big eyes, uh, you know, classic alien. This race in particular has been launched into pop culture, popularized in the mass media, and quite frankly, as a result... And let me know if you guys feel the same way. Aliens have more or less been stereotyped by us into mm. basically all being greys. Mm. Now, is that correct? Because, I mean, there are actually several races of aliens out there, just like there's different races of humans here on Earth. Um, you know, different races of aliens, reptilians, Pleiadians, um, the Nordics, you know. What but about the little green guys? Yeah, exactly. Little green men. But nonetheless, the greys have become the quintessential image of an intelligent non-human creature and extraterrestrial life in general. Well, am I wrong in this that many abduction cases sightseeing gray aliens? Basically, like 90% of people that are abducted say they saw gray aliens with big black eyes. Oh, okay. Sightseeing gray aliens. So you're saying like they... No, I'm, I'm yeah, they're describing no, grays no. as their. <laughs> no, 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 no. The first time he said it, I thought he's like sightseeing aliens, like the grays are just going sightseeing. But I assume, yes, you're talking. Yeah, a lot of people get abducted. They say, hey, this is what the guy looked like. He looked like a gray. He looked like a doctor with big black eyes and a gray head. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, you are correct in that. In many reports, grays go hand in hand with abductions. Now, and anal probing. Yes. Now, I pulled some numbers here, and among reports of alien encounters, uh, greys make up approximately 12% in the United Kingdom alone, 48% in Europe as a whole, 50% in Australia, and a whopping 73% right here in the U.S. of A. Uh, so, for some reason, the greys love America. Um, I'm going to see your 73% and tell you that a documentary that I just recently watched that cited 90% of abductions in, that are accounted for in America say that they saw gray aliens. 90. Okay. Well, so now, that's strictly, now that's strictly abduction cases though, correct? Yes. Okay. So then there you go. I mean, that falls in line. Well, I think the, these numbers that I had just cited were just alien sightings in general mm, abductions okay, okay. also rolled into there gotcha, so gotcha. i mean but that basically all falls in line with why we stereotype them uh or why this race is so popular because you think about it um if the greys are not only visiting earth and our solar system all the time but also abducting people then yeah we're gonna have a ton of eyewitnesses saying hey this is what the guy looked like big head big eyes gray skin he's a gray so when people ask, what do aliens look like, <laughs> the greys are the usual description that you're going to get. Do they look like a bitch? Do they look like a bitch? No, they don't. And so 
Exactly. I'm sure we probably have some fucking grays coming down here to just like Sam Jackson. You know, what do <laughs> some bad motherfuckers look down? like? Yeah. Uh, because, yes, they don't look like bitches. Now, they let's, make you feel like one, probably. Uh, well, that is true as we're going to. Yeah, we're going to find out. Um, for some reason, these guys love. This is the t- classic probing type of aliens. The classic? Yeah, like when you hear anal probe, you know? The, that's these guys. What comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so let's get into some descriptions and types that we know of. Now, there's, And we're still talking about aliens. We're not talking about anal probes anymore. Yeah, no longer anal probes. Uh, there's two different types of grays <laughs> that typically visit us here on Earth. Now, the first are just standard gray, uh, as we've described earlier, anywhere from five to eight feet tall, large heads, big dark eyes, long skinny fingers, uh, skinny arms and legs as well. Now, these grays also seem to communicate using telepathy with each other as well as humans in some cases. And uh, these grays also seem to be the more intelligent of the two or they're in charge of the other one as we'll find out because the second, these are known as, the, I guess, the small grays. Now, these appear to be basically worker grays. Um, they, some claim they've been cloned by larger grays, so obviously they're much smaller, around three to four feet tall. Uh, they've got stubbier fingers, arms, and legs, uh, but are basically the same in every other way, and they reportedly do much of the grunt work. They got um, a blue collar on. That's how you can tell the difference. During the probing and abductions, uh, these guys are the ones doing that. Uh, While the larger grays work in more scientific areas like collecting genetic materials, analyzing data, uh, you know, that type of shit. Being the tech whiz like you. Yeah, these are the tech guys. Uh, the small, well, no, these, the, the big guys are the tech guys, the small guys. Yeah, you're a big guy. That's Charlie work. You know, they're doing the, the, the dirty <laughs> stuff. Um, what's the gentleman from Dirty Jobs? Mike Rowe? Yeah, that is his name. Mike Rowe. Yeah, that's what these guys are like. They're doing the, the they're getting <laughs> the down. small and, grays. <laughs> yeah, the small grays are getting down and dirty. They could be on, he could do an episode on the small grays. An episode of Dirty Jobs. I would watch that episode. Now, many alien researchers also assume that there are several different types of grays out there that we just don't know about, but it's those two that we definitely have seen, and they keep popping up again and again and again, as we'll see. Now, in many abduction stories with the grays, the eyes are almost always the focus. Claims often describe a gray (laughs) as staring into the eyes of an abductee while conducting mental procedures. Um, now this staring, like if you stare into a gray's eyes, it's claimed to induce hallucinogenic states or directly provoke different emotions. So I guess, you know, you stare into one of these motherfuckers eyes and it's like you're tripping off DMT or acid or something. Hell, I mean, I'm not making eye contact with the guy probing me for the same reason. (laughs) Now there you go. Abduction claims are often described as extremely traumatic. Similar to, like, uh, I guess, sexual assault in the level of trauma and distress, Um, you know, abduction victims are almost, uh, they're almost never a pleasant experience. Well, sometimes they are. If it's like that redhead that we talked about in our other episode that I forget the title of. That was the sexual alien encounters. And I said almost never. I didn't say never. 
Apparently, the greys come mainly from one of two different star systems, uh, the Zeta Reticuli system and the Orion system. Now, in addition to the main two types we discussed, it's also reported there could be as many as 22 variations, including hybrids, the orange, and the Bellatrix mercenaries. But of course... Are these like biker gangs of aliens right now we're talking? I mean, maybe, (laughs) because the orange, I think it's just that they literally have orange jumpsuits. Ah, what's the mercenaries? Now, I did not look too far into that. I tried looking up different races. I couldn't find much other than just a lot of people speculate that there are many other different types of races. Like, some even go like there's type A, type B, type C, so there's like... Common grays, tall grays, small grays, like we just talked about. Um, mm. But, you know. It's like some Dr. Seuss shit available. Yeah, and this is also like our Roswell episode. There's just so much content out there on it. But the main ones are the two that we just discussed. So are now, they like flying around the Orion system and the mercenaries are like, hey, Orange, I think you can just be uh, flying through our fucking galaxy, huh? Did you run that by our fucking president? No, I don't even know. And I don't even know if these guys have a president or some sort of like main leader. I think oh, it's they more... actually aren't talking because it's all telepathy. Well, no, that's true. And also this is pure speculation, but some theorize that the greys operate in what we would call a hive mindset or I guess a colony mentality. So this basically boils down to the point that they have a collective purpose to better the uh, whole as opposed to individualist motives uh you know grays are they are literally in it together Mm, Um, so the greater good is of the utmost importance to them so it's like russia in the 40s you you mess with one of them you mess with all of them yeah but of course this is you know this is only speculation um this is just speculation on their behavior because there's no way that we know any of this as 100 percent fact until the pentagon tells us next month now, we'll kind of give you a little history lesson here. I, I pulled like some history, um, some of the most popular cases involving greys, and I guess a history of like when they started popping up in sci-fi. Uh, because I know the skeptics, they're already screaming at the top of their lungs out there. So check this out. The origin of the gray as an image of an extraterrestrial being is not fully known. So I'm searching around trying to find when this stuff uh, first pops up, and it looks like the earliest example of, I guess, grays in science fiction would be an 1893 article, Man of the Year Million, by a one H.G. Wells. Hell of a guy. You guys ever seen a... Is that what H.G. stands for? (laughs) Hell of a guy, Wells. (laughs) Now... Now, check out the... I pulled the uh, page here where these guys are mentioned, um, which imagines that... Basically, in this story, it imagines that millions of years down the line, humanity has evolved into a race of gray-skinned beings who would be one meter tall, big heads, large, oval-shaped, pitch-black eyes. Now, there's a picture of them there. And while this is not an exact image of what, I guess, a gray alien would be, it's on the right track, am I right? One meter? That's pretty tiny. Yeah, but I mean, look at that Look at that head, dude. That's exactly like a gray alien head. Am I right or am I right? It looks like a damn watermelon. Looks like a dick. 
a that's what your dick looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to go to the doctor yeah. when this COVID shit dies down, Jesus buddy. Christ. Um, so dick I didn't looks say like mine. a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> All you ladies out there heard it first. Adam's got a watermelon-sized cock. One meter. <laughs> um, so, you know, while I guess this is not, as we said, an exact image of a gray, uh, T-Bag thinks it more resembles a dick. Literally the size of a hog. Um, but we're, we're going to keep this information in the back pocket because it's going to come into a little... A, it's going to come into play a little later in our theory segment. Now, old HG... Uh, once again, hell of a guy. In his 1901 book, The First Men in the Moon, uh, describes Selenites. Um, these are like the natives of the moon. I guess they're like Martians that live on the moon. Um, as having gray <laughs> Martians that live on the moon. Yeah, well, are Martians <laughs> o- are Martians only from Mars? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what would you call them, Moonshins? <laughs> Moonshines. Yeah. Apparently, someone. Selenites. Yeah. Yeah, Selenites. Selenites. <laughs> Which one is it? Selenites. He describes these guys as having gray skin, big heads, large black eyes. So that de- basic description is definitely in sci-fi before the 20th century. So that's important to keep in mind. Okay. Now, first up, I guess, um, popular... Um, debated event this is an extremely popular event involving the greys uh we also discussed this in our fr- in one of our first aliens episodes i believe number five um ufos over california um this is the greata treaty now this is a headline of an article i found on the inquisitor which reads Gray aliens signed treaty with Eisenhower in 1954 after U.S. government rejected overtures from Nordic or Pleiadian aliens. So basically, I'm reading this article, and this summarizes that according to many UFO and alien conspiracy theorists, our very own President Dwight D. Eisenhower held a secret meeting with extraterrestrial visitors during the early hours of February 21st, 1954, while on vacation in Palm Springs, California. Hell of a vacation. Yeah, I'm thinking this was like the original Coachella. You know, he's out in the (laughs) desert partying with these aliens. Eisenhower, hell of a guy, Eisenhower. Getting probed. Now, he wasn't getting probed, but maybe was doing some probing of his own because basically nice. what I gather from the article is he's whisked away to Edwards Air Force Base and the official explanation of his disappearance was that he had to undergo an emergency dental surgery. On an Air Force Base? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Now, this stuff's not adding up. Just like you said, dental surgery on an Air Force Base, but I guess they have doctors, you know. Best goddamn dentist in the uh, nation is uh, Edwards Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah. now, now, the president's press secretary at the time, James Haggerty, even told reporters at a press conference that Eisenhower had a damaged tooth cap while eating fried chicken and had to undergo emergency surgery. I was definitely partying. But... According to UFO researcher William Moore, there are no records at the Eisenhower Library, which has extensive records related to Eisenhower's health, that he ever underwent dental surgery in February of 1954. 
Now, I know what you guys are thinking. So just because he didn't undergo dental surgery, he held a diplomatic meeting with the Greys? He might. That's what I do when I go to the dentist. (laughs) Well, let's check out some evidence of this meeting. So this letter starts popping up in in the UFO and conspiracy community, uh, and it's dated April 16th, 1954. Now, this letter is said to have been written by Gerald Light to Mead Lane, director of Borderland Science Research Foundation. Now, the letter includes a comment that reads... Five separate and distinct types of aircraft being studied and handled by Air Force officials with the assistance and permission of the Ethereans. Now, it is this single reference to Ethereans, which is presumed to mean aliens. Um, So these craft or these aircraft that they're studying are believed to be alien UFOs that have been stored at the facility for reverse engineering studies. It's like that cryptocurrency, Ethereum. Now, this is just in line with the Bob Lazar story. Are we right? Am I right in that? I'm tracking. I mean, Bob Lazar comes out years later and is saying, hey, S4, not too far from uh, Edwards Air Force Base. This is where they have these alien craft that he's reverse engineering. Or, you know, hell of a dentist, like we said. Yeah, so essentially they believe Ike's administration signed the treaty with the Greys who basically offered to exchange technology exclusively to the United States. Now, it is said that the Eisenhower administration rejected um, offers from the first alien group, the Nordic aliens, which we'll probably do an episode on, uh, during the first contact meeting at Edwards Air Force Base and agreed to sign a treaty with the second group, which was the Greys in 1954. Now, aside from this letter, a couple whistleblowers start coming out um, within these UFO circles, and they shed some light on on some of the details of the agreement with the Greys, including non-interference in human affairs in exchange for accommodation on Earth under conditions of secrecy, and in return, they would give the U.S. government exclusive access to advanced technology which would help the country to stay ahead of the enemy, And the Greys also agreed they would not approach any other nation to make a treaty. And another part of the treaty agreement allowed the Greys to abduct a very limited number of humans for medical research and experiments. Now, some speculate that the treaty is null and void these days as somewhere down the line, the Greys became untrustworthy. They violated the specific agreement on abductions or something like that. And violated a few humans anally along the way. Exactly. They're doing a lot of anal violations. (laughs) Now, so is that documented? That is documented because cut (laughs) cut to about seven years later... And we got the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Now, have you guys heard of this case? I have not heard of this case. Okay. Now, this case in particular. Nice interracial couple. Yeah. Nice interracial couple. uh, Victims of these greys. Now, this case in particular helped to popularize the gray aliens as this this one is crazy. This is one of the first abduction cases uh, to become, quote unquote, mainstream. Because you got to understand. At the time this comes out, which was uh, about 65, mid-60s, you got to understand, abduction cases were not like they are today. 
You know, it's not like everybody had heard of this shit. It's not like aliens were popular. Um, it wasn't pop culture. There wasn't Independence Day, you know. It was... There wasn't Independence Day? It wasn't a popular topic <laughs> like they are today. You know, I mean, yeah, you had the Kenneth Arnold sighting. You had the Roswell sightings. But this stuff was on the fringes of society. You know, you had to go looking to find this stuff. And a full-on abduction case was practically unheard of. This case taking place in New Hampshire in 1961. Uh, Now, this is an extensive case, which will get its own episode at some point. But for those who aren't familiar, we'll give you the cliff notes for purposes of this episode. Uh, So as Rob said, Betty and Barney Hill, nice interracial couple, um, they're driving along. Back from a little Canadian vacay, uh, and, and a UFO starts playing cat and mouse with them, which is what a lot of the articles said. Starts playing a little game of cat and mouse, you know, weaving in and out of trees, following their car. Uh, they stop a few times to get a better look, and Barney described seeing little figures in gray suits moving about in the craft. So they hightail it out of there until they hear a loud beeping. Um, now they wake up, they come to 35 miles down the road, they get home and they realize, Hey, we've lost a couple hours time. Now, you know, there's some other weird stuff from the jump, you know, uh, Barney's watch had stopped working. The strap on his binoculars was broken. The tops of his shoes were scuffed to all hell as if he was being dragged. Um, and you know, the, the tops of his shoes were, dragging across the ground, uh, and Betty's dress was torn and covered in a strange pink powder. Hmm. Now, Betty also starts having these insane dreams, and uh, Barney starts getting warts in a perfect circle above his dick. <laughs> Yikes. That's documented? Yeah, that's documented. So so they're like, what the hell is going on here, guys? You know, um, They go see a therapist who says, okay. I got genital warts. This therapist says, let's do some regressive hypnosis. Now, Rob, I know you're big on like crystals, ley lines. Do you ever look into any of this regressive hypnosis stuff? Yeah, it's used to uh, basically dig into your mind, find those uh, suppressed memories that you're storing deep down in there. Okay, because it's like we know the human brain, it blocks out memories that are true traumatic. Correct. So if so, this is falling in line with if gray abductions are extremely traumatic. You know, you're looking into the eyes of these crazy aliens, and you're tripping balls off DMT. Uh, your brain's going to probably block this out. So they and start, your dick's going to have warts above it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it depends what aliens mess now, around with you. Yeah, you know, maybe they didn't clean their probe correctly. <laughs> um, now they start doing this. So they do regressive hypnosis separately, and they largely recall the same experiences. We got an alien abduction and probing. Uh, We got gray beings, large eyes. They walk them into this metallic disc as wide as their house was long, is how Betty described it. Now, once inside, the beings examined the couple, took a bunch of samples, um, semen, eggs, skin, what have you, and then, boom, they fucking MIB'd them. They erased their memories. <laughs> now, by 1960... 1960- was Will Smith on board? <laughs> no, he was not. Now, by 1965, 
Uh, newspaper reports and magazines start picking up their story, and bada bing, bada boom, alien abductions are launched into our lexicon. Now, can I drop some knowledge on you guys here real quick? Now, what do we got? What, what is this knowledge on? Are you guys familiar with accidental awareness? Go on. Basically, along the lines of the uh, hypnosis, finding these suppressed memories, <clears throat> accidental awareness is a phenomenon that when you're under anesthesia, you basically just like black out. You don't really, re- like when you wake up in the doctor's office, you don't really remember what happened, you know what I mean? You remember like counting back and then next thing you know, you're fucking got a mouthful of gauze, you got a couple teeth missing. Maybe you got anally probed while you're while you're <laughs> under it. But anyways, <clears throat> the point is that uh sometimes your memory you can wake up while you're under the anesthesia, but you don't remember it until like two to three years later, sometimes even more. But when you're under the anesthesia, it's like tripping out. So you don't, if you open your eyes, you're not seeing uh, what's really going on. You might be seeing some fucking aliens. So scientists are saying that some of these cases might be linked to that and that people weren't actually abducted, but they kind of just had like a weird experience when they were under anesthesia. Okay. Pretty interesting stuff though. Not uh not to say that, you know, these people didn't get abducted and get some alien STD on this guy's nuts, but who knows? Okay. So you're playing skeptic already. I'm, I'm just uh, asking if you guys were familiar with the uh, term. Now, that's going right into my next segment I got here now. Now, going off the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, skeptics claim that in the <laughs> early 60s, an episode of The Outer Limits titled The Bolero Shield depicted a grayish-type alien that was possibly the inspiration for what Barney and Betty Hill thought they saw during their abduction experience. The aliens that Betty and Barney Hill described while under hypnosis looked remarkably like the alien in the episode. Now, also, this episode aired on February 10th, 1964. The Hill's session where they described their abductees first occurred on February 22nd, 1964. Interesting. Now, Rob and I watched this episode, and here's a, here's a drawing that Barney Hill made, and right beside it is the alien from the episode. Now, <laughs> I guess... Identical. You, do you think it is actually identical? <laughs> he changed the eyes up. <laughs> it's like the fucking meme, like, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just make sure it's not exactly the same. Okay, so you're saying this falls in line. This checks out. Uh, It's probably just, you know, interracial couple trying to get attention, trying to get their story out there. Well, I don't think it's the couple trying to get attention. Uh, From what I saw in a couple documentaries, Betty was trying to get her uh, writing career off the ground. So I think this was the uh, jump start. Mm. Okay. Also, check that episode out if you uh, want a good laugh. Uh, the Bolero <laughs> Shield, uh, Outer Limits. I think it's on Amazon for free. Um, now, the smoking gun of this whole case, uh, the Betty and Barney Hill case, under hypnosis, Betty Hill produced a star map, which she claims located the home planet of the abductees as the Zeta Reticuli star system. 
Now, allegedly, the third planet of one of these stars is the Zeta Reticuli binary system. So Betty draws her map in 6465 under hypnosis, and I've got the picture right here. Now, right here is the actual star system. Now, this system, while it has been observable from the southern hemisphere only since about the mid-1700s, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't fully verified to the extent of this map until some point in the mid-90s. Great movie also, if you want to check that out. And this is, again, a highly contested point because she draws this map here. <laughs> now, ob- when I say observable in the mid-1700s, I'm talking about these two main stars. Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2. Now, all these little planets or stars or what have you around them, they didn't verify any of these until the mid-90s. And her map basically matches up perfectly. She crazy for that one. Now, scientists like Carl Sagan say, oh, this is just random. She just randomly drew dots on a map and it happened to match up. Anybody can do it. Now, what are you guys thinking here? Sounds like a hater. So are you now reversing your skeptic uh, Betty Hill writing career (laughs) statement? You're saying maybe it is possible they were abducted? I don't think it was real. So you think random? Yeah, look at the drawings, dude. Drawings of the aliens, I mean. Yeah, but what about the map? Mm. (laughs) What? (laughs) What, what yeah, see, like when I, like when I was just when I saw the first picture of the the drawing, I was like, "All right, this looks like some five year old did it." But then you see the map below it, and it's like, "All right, man, I, if that's chance, that's got to be like one in a million. I'm believing these guys. All right, Rob, what are you saying? I'm still skeptic on this case. I believe aliens exist, but I don't know if they abducted this couple. Okay. Okay, so we got uh, we got two to one. They now, Rob, well, you just <clears throat> lost. Let me ask you a question. Shoot, why would these gray beings not be interested in a black and white couple? What happens if you mix black and white? Get gray. Boom, baby. Okay, so your thing. Okay, now that that's going to fall in line with one of our later theories. So that's very. <laughs> That's that's very interesting. The gray theory. Yeah, now that's very interesting, T-Bag, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is going to fall in line with one of our later theories. Now, this whole map led Betty to refer to the grays as Zeta Reticulans, um, as the term grays did not come into popular usage until several years later. Now, similar descriptions of grays also appear in some of the accounts of the 1947 Roswell UFO incident. Check out our episode on that for a full deep dive. However, many of these accounts of actual bodies at Roswell did not surface until about the early 1980s, when numerous publications contained statements from individuals who claimed to have seen the U.S. military handling a number of unusually proportioned bald child-sized beings. Now... We also had the reports of the child-sized coffins and a lot of people coming out saying they had these bodies. They took these bodies um, to, where is the Air Force Base in Ohio? Wright-Patterson Field. That's where they allegedly took the bodies from Roswell. Now, many of the witnesses claim that the beings had oversized heads, slanted eyes, 
and other distinguishable facial features fitting the description of small greys. So once again, this lines up. If these were the grunt uh, clone workers, it could explain why they crashed. You know, maybe they said, hey, we'll let the clones take the ship out for the night, and boom, (laughs) these guys crash. Next thing you know, they wind up on front page news. You know, here abducting people. Yeah. (laughs) They're fucking crashing. Yeah. I mean, this does line up, these small grays. Um, But again, check out our Roswell episode for a full deep dive on all the gray descriptions. Now, the Travis Walton case. This is another extremely popular and well documented abduction case that occurred on November 5th, 1975. This is also known as the Fire in the Sky case. Uh, There's a movie by the same name, which is actually not bad uh, by way of (laughs) UFO abduction movies. Uh, Check it out if you're so inclined. Now, so this case, on the evening of November 5th, 1975, just outside of Snowflake, Arizona, the Travster and his six co-workers, they're headed back into- Is that a liberal town? <laughs> I mean, it's a blue collar town, so. But you know, judging so by the probably name, red. we're gonna say probably uh, maybe even gray. Pretty liberal up there in Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> now, so Travster and his six coworkers they're headed back into town after a full day of logging um, when they witness a bright light in the woods. Now, Mike Rogers, who was driving them all in his truck decided to head towards it and see what it was. Great idea. When they were about 30 yards away, they stopped the truck because they realized, hey, this isn't just some brush fire or something, but this was a full-on UFO. Now, they guessed it to be about 20 feet in diameter and 8 feet high. Trav decided to jump out of the truck and get a better look at this thing. Now, everyone else was yelling at him to come back, when they described a bluish light come out of the flying saucer and directly hit Travis as he was slightly lifted off the ground and thrown back a few feet. Now, at this point, Mike and crew dipped the fuck out. (laughs) That's real nice. Yeah, they thought, hey, Travis is dead. (laughs) There's no hope. We're fucking hightailing it out of here. Now, after about 15 to 20 minutes... I'm assuming once their initial panic had subsided, they figure, hell, we got to go back and find Travster. Um, But both the UFO and Travis were gone. They searched for about a half an hour, but he was nowhere to be found. They got back into town about 7.30 p.m. and called the local sheriff, Chuck Ellison, to report what happened and that Travis Walton was missing. The deputy is obviously thinking, get a load of these fucking idiots. <laughs> um, although he did report that all of the men were visibly distraught. He is even later quoted as saying, if they were acting, they were awfully good at it. So they get a search team together, uh, but there's no trace of Travis or the UFO. So the sheriff starts thinking, hey, Foul play. Now, let me ask you, gentlemen, another question. How do we catch a liar? We think somebody's lying. What do we do? Punch him in the nuts. What do we do, Ryan? Well, it's easy. Lie detector test, right? 
polygraph test. Maybe. So a polygraph test was taken by the men on November 10th and administered by Cy Gilson. Now, during the polygraph, the men were asked questions such as, have you ever caused harm to Travis Walton? Are you telling the truth about the UFO? Do you know where his body is buried? Jesus. Have you ever been touched in the butthole by an alien? Why is this Sheriff Southern in Arizona? <laughs> well, what's another good? What, this isn't the sheriff. This is the polygraph guy. When I point to the doll, show me where the alien touched you. <laughs> now, all of the men answered truthfully to the questions except Alan Dallas, uh, whose test came back inconclusive. Just like his name. Now, in Gilson's official report, he stated these polygraph examinations <laughs> prove that these five men did see some object they believed to be a UFO and that Travis Walton was not just not injured or murdered by any of the men on that Wednesday. Later on, the evening of November 10th, Grant Neff got a phone call from someone that said, Hey, Grant, it's Travster. <laughs> <laughs> now, what the voice on the line actually said was, this is Travis, I'm at a phone booth at the Heber gas station, and I need help, come and get me. Now, in the last five days, this because he goes missing on the 5th, it's now the 10th, so this story had gained a lot of attention in the news. Um, so Grant thinks this is a fucking prank, and he almost hangs up. But anywho. Grant and Dwayne, they drove out to the gas station. They find Travis on the floor of the phone booth where he made the call. And he was in the same clothes that he was wearing when he went missing. He was unshaven and visibly thinner than before. He was dismayed, talking gibberish about strange beings. And had warts just above his penis. Now, as far as I, <laughs> as far as I read, no warts above his penis. Uh, these were probably, these grays took better care of themselves. They, you know, were, they were protection. Yeah, they were a little cleaner. Um, so Travster's... <laughs> a different time. Yeah, now Travster's story... These aren't the small grays. Goes like this. Travster. Yeah, so Travster, you know, he's back in town. He's back to normal. And he's, uh, he, he starts to tell his side of the story. Now he says... The first thing he remembered after being struck by the bluish light in the woods was waking up and thinking he may be in a hospital as he was laid out on a table with a bright light above him. He said it was muggy and warm as he first opened his eyes and looked around in pain. He saw three figures standing around him which he thought were doctors, but were wearing orange garments. It was then when his vision cleared and he realized they were not human. He described the beings as being less than five feet tall, having large dark eyes, large heads, and small facial features such as small nostrils and ears, what we know as the greys. Travis jumped off the table and attacked one of the creatures by striking it with the back of his fist. He mentioned that it wasn't as solid as a human would be, and was lighter and thrown back more easily. 
At this time, the three aliens tried to subdue him, so he grabbed the nearest object to him to try to fend them off. He managed to find a thin, foot-and-a-half-long glass-like cylinder on the table next to where he woke up. He tried to break off the top to use as a sharp weapon, but it wouldn't break. He started to yell at them, Keep back! The whole time, they never tried to communicate with him, or from what he could tell, each other. At this point, the three aliens fled the room. After they left, he says, I got the hell out of there and tried to find a way to escape. He left the first room and headed down a hallway, which led to a large spherical room with a chair in the center. Thinking there might be an alien in the chair, he approached it carefully while noticing lights appearing all around him. These lights seemed to be stars coming from the walls around him, becoming transparent. After he realized the coast was clear, he sat in the chair and pushed a small lever next to the chair, hoping it might open a door for him to escape. At this time, the stars around him started to shift and rotate slowly, as if he may be controlling the ship. And then he got out of the chair and walked towards the entrance to look for another possible way out when he heard a noise and turned. To his surprise, it was not one of the aliens, but a human wearing a blue suit, a thick belt, and some kind of helmet with a glass face cover. The man grabbed his arm and motioned for him to follow him, and he did. They traveled down a corridor, and the man led him into a large room that was shaped like a quarter of a sideways cylinder. In this room, which Travis described like a hangar, there were three shiny 40-foot saucer-shaped ships. From there, the man continued to lead him down other hallways and into a room that contained three other humans wearing the same blue suits. He proceeded to ask these humans what was going on and if they could help him, but they did not respond. Instead, they led him to a table and covered his face with something that looked similar to an oxygen mask. After that, he awoke by the gas station in Heber, Arizona, and saw a disc-shaped object fly away. Now, how far away is that from a uh, old snowflake? Um, I do, <laughs> I do not recall. I mean, are these aliens just like, yeah, just drop them somewhere around here, I think. Uh, now, Heber is about 30 minutes <laughs> from Snowflake. Yeah, so these aliens are just like, I think it was right around here. Just go ahead and drop them. Well, yeah, as you know, the aliens aren't really the best hosts. They love, you know, giving people tours of the ship and then plucking their eyes out and throwing them in the fucking desert. Allegedly. <laughs> now, now, what are we thinking there? All these guys passed the polygraph test. Um, Travster's missing for five days. He comes back. He's got lost time. He describes encounters with the Greys. Just based off of what we know, are we saying genuine or hoax? I mean, that's a hell of a story. That's not just some copying off of a TV show trying to get your book career off the ground. <laughs> so we're thinking we believe Travster. I uh, I will believe Travster. Yes. I want I would like to see Travis's drawing depiction of the aliens and <laughs> compare it to alien TV shows that occurred at the time. But if that's not true, that's a hell of a story. Yeah, now, I don't know, um, I'm not sure 
if he ever drew like the creatures themselves, but the abduction scene in Fire in the Sky is actually crazy. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we read his whole story and we did leave out Betty and Barney Hill's full story. We just gave the cliff notes, but they have an insane story as well. Now, if he wasn't acting, he was good at it. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, let's, let's, now so, so there's some more pop culture depictions because the Greys appear as, um, spoiler alert, the friendly aliens in the 1977 film Close Encounters of the Third Kind, in which J. Allen Hynek served as an advisor to Spielberg on the film. Um, This was in order to give the film an air of authenticity, Spielberg said, as Hynek was in charge of Project Blue Book, which was the Air Force investigations into UFOs. So basically what Spielberg did in that film is he put together a bunch of different sightings into woven into his story, and he had J. Allen Hynek come aboard, and these greys are what we see in the film. Now that same year, a species of gray alien type beings called the Bith were depicted as the Cantina Band in the film Star Wars. What's that? Play that song, same song again? <laughs> so, you know, this is where stuff starts popping up and ramping up in pop culture. Uh, reports of greys became extremely prevalent in the 1980s. 80s. Um, and they made the big time with Whitley Stryber's book, Communion. Now, Stryber says that the beings that he saw, who he described as, as female, he described them as seeming female, and he compares them to the Sumerian goddess Isthar. Um, which, as you can see, we got a picture there. This is a Mesopotamian goddess associated with sex, war, justice, and political power. And possibly an alien. Yeah, and possibly an alien if we're going off the ancient aliens theory. Now, we also watched the movie Communion starring Christopher Walken. And I got to say. That was a smear. (laughs) Hell of of a, if you want to see some classic UFO abduction with Christopher Walken thrown in there at his his most Christopher Walken, (laughs) check out this movie. You know, I mean, he's in there the whole time. I I had a probe up my ass. (laughs) These aliens stuck a probe up my ass. They almost found your father's gold watch. (laughs) Which was also up my ass for three years. I wore this up my ass. <laughs> you know, this is walking as classic as it gets. It coincid- so it was the moon. There's no moon. There's no clouds. What are you talking about? <laughs> so then it was a dream. You probably saw the light, the floodlight. Two aliens fell in a bucket of cream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, check this movie out. This is walking at its finest. Um, But I guess, yeah, this book, when it came out, was like huge in the UFO community. But but as I was saying, the guy who wrote this book, um, coincidentally, he was abducted by aliens and became a horror writer. Now, there's also the abduction by what appears to be Gray's of a one Adam, which I found perusing the interwebs. And I'll have our very own Adam read this one for us. Now, a little disclaimer, this one gets very graphic. So take it away, Adam. It was a quiet night on campus as I walked to my truck. 
I noticed the sky was much brighter than previous nights as I turned my attention upward and was blinded by a sudden burst of light. The first thing I felt as I woke up was the coldness of wherever I was. I was lying on some kind of metal table. The only thing I was wearing was a thin white sheet. I saw that I was in some kind of medical treatment room or a lab of some sort. It was covered in stainless steel and tiles the color of pale Chinese jade. My hands were restrained by what seemed to be metal bands, but they lit up the room in faint green neon. The machines I noticed looked like something out of Star Trek or Star Wars. The door opened and a short slender gray figure with a giant head walked in the room, wearing what appeared to be surgical scrubs. The creature approached me and gave me a zap with some sort of box. It patted my hand afterwards and smiled. <laughs> Two more creatures walked in the room dressed like the one before. They went over to the first creature and whispered something I could not hear. They wheeled a large machine over to me and pressed a button on the table, which made my whole body spin around and I was now facing the floor, hanging in midair somehow. My body felt chilled as the sheet fell forward and no longer covered me. The creature placed a warm... <laughs> This is going to come back to haunt me someday, I know it. <clears throat> the creature placed a warm, gloved hand on my ass. <laughs> and I could feel my ass cheeks being gently pulled apart. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to scream for it to stop, but nothing <laughs> It's a good thing I'm not a girl. <laughs> no one would ever believe shit. <laughs> I tried to scream for it to stop, but nothing came out of my mouth. I felt something cold against my anus opening, and I wanted to resist, but I knew from reading enough porn... <laughs> reading porn? <laughs> Who's reading fucking porn, dude? <laughs> that it would only hurt more if I did. I tried to relax as the creature put pressure on my precious opening. Now I knew what my... <laughs> <laughs> now I knew what my friend Steve saw in being gay. The creature moved the probe in and out of my ass. <laughs> oh my god. This is fake rap. It's so hard. Dude, you're right. This is actually just... I pulled this off XNXX.com. This is alien probing erotica. <laughs> I just wanted to trick you into reading erotica for the loyal legion of listeners. Well played, dude. Well, Gade. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. There is a whole series of these. This was actually, I, you know, I spruced this one up a bit. Gave my, <laughs> Did tried, you read all of them? I tried my own hand at writing some erotica. Um, <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, there's a whole series of these on like xnxx.com. Ryan knows a lot from reading porn. Lit erotica that's all gray alien abduction probing erotica. So, you know, if, if you guys are so inclined to 
read those full stories, check out Alien Probe on XNXX.com. <laughs> Adam's audiobook is coming soon. <laughs> hey, oh, this reminds me one of my first jobs when I graduated college. I worked for this company that captioned phone calls for deaf people. And this one guy called a gay chat line and I had to say and type every single thing I heard. And that's what I felt like I was doing. Now, did, were you <laughs> laughing that dude. hard the whole time as well? Dude, I couldn't. I had like my manager sitting right behind me the whole time, making sure I was getting everything. Now, it's pretty bad. So if we know that if you get abducted by the greys, you're just going to be in hysterics the whole time. I won't remember anyway, so it's fine. Okay, so at this point, <clears throat> you guys are probably asking, what's the agenda here? You know, what do these greys want? Why do they abduct people? And, you know, if you know anything or have been listening, why are these guys so obsessed with sperm? <clears throat> they don't know what it is. Maybe they're trying to uh, create a hybrid race. Well. Maybe they just want to know everything there is to know, including our sperm. There's a couple different theories out there. Now, basically, it's speculated that the greys, as we said, come from Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2, which is a binary star system. Um, That's two stars orbiting a center, like Tatooine, I think. Correct? Hmm. Um, now this system, Zeta Reticuli is actually visible from the Southern hemisphere. As we said, it's about 38 light years away. So of the two stars that make up the system, one is slightly smaller than our own sun and the other is about the same mass as our sun. However, both of these stars are much older than our own sun. Now our own sun is about 4.5 billion years old. Now these guys are around 8 billion years old and dying. So with the gray's sun dying and resources on their planet depleted, they have moved on and looked and are looking at other planets to inhabit. Now whether or not all the grays have left is unclear. Um, the grays have also been cloning themselves for generations as we discussed with the small grays, which has damaged the genetic makeup of their own DNA. Now <clears throat> How does DNA even work? Like, is that even possible? Because oh, I mean, well, that's why they got to get all the sperm. They got to see if it is possible. Well, yeah, exactly. But like, if you clone mm. people for generations, it, are they saying that? I guess the clones, there's like some genetic defect in their DNA. Because couldn't they just stop cloning and and fuck like regular aliens, and then the problem's <laughs> fixed? Or no, it has damaged their own DNA. Like, you know, how does that work? Maybe the regular DNA mixing with the clone DNA is getting them all fucked up. Okay. Well, you know, if we got any doctors out there or um, who are the DNA guys? Microbiologists? (laughs) The DNA guys. Kendrick Lamar, we can give him a call. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, any DNA guys out there, let us know. Now, obviously, to fix the DNA issues they've given themselves, um, they are constantly doing experiments on humans trying to fill the gaps of the damaged DNA with healthy human DNA. So, as Rob said, this could be one of the reasons they abduct humans and they collect the sperm and eggs from them. Um, 
Many people who have been abducted have reported having sperm taken from them as well as eggs from women, so it's believed that they have thousands of alien-human hybrids from these abductions, which they watch closely to see if they have succeeded in their mission to fix their dying race. There's many other theories flying around out there as well, as um, much of their agenda is a mystery. Now, other researchers claim that the greys aren't from outer space at all, but might be humans from the future, using time travel to visit us. Now, Rob and I were talking about this one, and some points of it do explain a good deal. I mean, if we want to go down the H.G. Wells rabbit hole, remember his story, Man of the Year Million? People evolve further and further into... um, Mm. What looks like gray aliens? I mean, let's look at the description of the grays. They're, they're similar to humans. They're more evolved. Their heads are larger because of the increased brain size. They've grown taller and thinner over time, just as we have. Um, their fingers are more slender and longer because of less physical labor. They use more computers, robotics, um, larger, darker eyes from being exposed to less sunlight and increased use of computing equipment. A smaller mouth from not needing to speak because of the telepathy. Um, And moving from eating meat to a smaller, easier, digestible fuel. Uh, No ears. This also falls in line with the telepathy bit. And their skin is gray. (laughs) This is from Teabag. As you were saying, the mixing of races. Mm. You know, you mix the races here on Earth and you're turning into a plain gray mix. It's like that Bad Religion album, The Gray Race. Now, <laughs> interesting little tidbit, though, on that <clears throat> Elon Musk podcast that I listened to today, he was talking about how having a bioengineered part put into your brain could be possible in the next 10 years that would allow us to communicate telepathically. Yeah, and I think they were talking about this very thing. Blew my fucking mind. Like it, and think about that. It this this also that just falls more in line with the telepathy bit, because you know we wouldn't we could just communicate without speaking, and boom, we evolve further and further down the line. We're these gray aliens. Um, now the grays also mm. seem to have a great understanding of different languages here on Earth. Um, did they learn this by studying us because they're highly intelligent beings or could it be part of their past? Um, or maybe they're just getting so fucking decrepit they got to come back and get some uh, good DNA. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's I guess, another, <laughs> another line that falls into it. Uh, the Grey's ships, i.e. flying saucers, the classic Pi-10 saucer, um, they haven't changed over time, which could be because they're all coming from the same point in the future mm. And just visiting us at different times. Um, Now, this could also, again, just as Rob was hinting at, explains how they're compatible with human sperm and eggs. You know, they might be taking it back to the future to help save their, or I guess in turn, our own dying race. Uh, Maybe we're dying from some disease or some virus. Brian... Uh, or a weapon gone wrong, and the only way to save the human race is to bring back healthy DNA from before whatever happened happened. So you know, 
they go back to the 40s, 50s. So if an alien ever asks you to have sex, you do your part and say yes. It's for the good of mankind. Yeah, because some think you might be helping the your own human race. Um, now, there's also theories that this is possibly AI. According to some UFO researchers, uh, the greys seem to be more of some type of robotic entity running on a highly advanced encoded artificial intelligence program than real life beings. I guess this also adds up with like the small greys, you know, how we say they're clones or they're kind of some type of, of robot. Um, and this adds up with what a lot of mainstream scientists out there um, say, you know, they're saying that, hey, if aliens visit us, it's going to be some form of their tech. It's not going to be the beings themselves. You know, they're going to send drones out or maybe it is like a Terminator type situation um, and they're the AI that we created coming back in time to get some like missing piece of the computer or some shit. Uh, I feel like that one just doesn't hold as much weight to me personally, just because I feel like if they were AI or robotic, they would be way too smart to uh, crash a ship or fuck something up and get seen. You know what I mean? Okay. So you're thinking if it's true AI, well, it could be a type of narrow AI. Like some, they're just like, yeah, we're just fucking around with this one, but let's send it to earth and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? (laughs) I guess, like, yeah, that can make Some sense. type of drone or like, um, wasn't that an mm. X-Files episode plot? Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it until this outline, but I don't know, man. I feel like I definitely believe in either the future human beings coming back or the um, one that we're about to get to later in the outline. Okay, now there's also the mother hypothesis. Now, in 2005, Frederick V. Malmstrom, um, writing in Skeptic Magazine, Volume 11, Issue 4, presented his idea that grays are actually residual memories of early childhood development. So he reconstructs the face of a gray through transformation of a mother's face based on our best understanding of early childhood sensation and perception. Now his study offers another alternative uh, to the existence of grays, the intense instinctive response many people experience when they present are presented the image of a gray and the act of regression hypnosis and recovered memory therapy in recovering memories of alien abduction experiences along with their common themes. So I guess his whole shtick is that it's just like kind of something that's embedded in all of us as like our, some of our earliest memories. And this is like coming up again and again and again. Now did either of you ever play earthbound earthbound? I have not. Ah, yes. See, Video game about young children saving the world, uh, getting visited from people from the future to save mankind. And actually, the Japanese title of the game translates to Mother. So this is what this whole thing has been making me think about. Okay, so maybe... Yeah, and maybe this guy just ripped that off. I mean, when did that game come out? Oh, man, that's got to be like late 80s, early 90s. Oh, and this guy's spouting all this nonsense in 2005 son of a bitch trying to discredit the uh trying to discredit the 
existence of greys by using a fucking video game plot. Malmstrom, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You just cracked the case there. Now, <laughs> another one of these naysayers, we got uh, biologist Jack Cohen, um, and he says the typical image of a gray, assuming that it would evolve from a world different, like, let's say the that gray aliens are true extraterrestrials or from another planet. So he's saying, like, if these beings evolved in a completely different world, it's too um, physiologically similar to a human to be credible as a representation of an alien. So he's saying there's no way it would look this similar. It would be something way more insane, mm. you know? Um, and some UFO- ufologists explain such implausible coincidences as evidence that extraterrestrial beings may have had an influence on the evolution of life here on Earth. Again, this is like going off the Anunnaki theory. Like some of these guys are saying, hey, the greys actually ancient alien type shit came and helped us to evolve, which is why we look so similar to them. Does that make sense? Came and banged out some Egyptians. Yeah, so this is going, you know, strictly off ancient aliens once again. Are you familiar with convergent evolutionary theory? Explain. Well, this is basically what this guy is saying is bullshit. It's saying that maybe aliens developed in a world similar to ours, but their world started before ours. So this is kind of along the same lines of this is what we could develop into in the future, but... That's saying that they're so far advanced because their world is older than ours that they created this technology to allow them to travel through galaxies to get to our world. And then that they finally discovered like, oh, hey, there's life on this planet, but these guys are fucking idiots and we can like pop in and out and they can't do shit about it. So that's why they're visiting us because they're basically just like super far advanced and way older than us. That's why they've been visiting us for so long. That's well, yeah, just so a theory, though. But this guy's <laughs> obviously saying that's bullshit and implausible. Yeah, he's essentially saying, I mean, that's basically Gray's 101. Like, of course, they're a way more advanced race that evolved somewhere else, and that's why they're they're able to come, you know, visit us. They they got interstellar travel. Hey, you know, maybe they're coming to get all this sperm so they can speed up our process so we can start traveling the galaxy with them. Maybe they're just trying to help us out. <laughs> Bringing us up there, jerking us off, saying, come on, guys, hurry up. Now, there's also the sleep paralysis theory, um, which is like, any of you guys ever experienced sleep paralysis? Yeah, pretty uh, creepy. Yeah, no, I I was doing some research into this, and I guess it falls along the lines of like, I mean, what do we talk about in both abduction cases like you wake up you don't remember anything you kind of start to have some insane dreams and then they piece it together through regressive hypnosis so it's like for some reason abductions and dreams seem to have like a close link um so i guess a lot of people theorize that it's just a form of sleep paralysis because you know a lot of people see the old hag they call it old hag syndrome like a lot of people who experience sleep paralysis They see like this horrible old lady sitting on their chest and they feel like a weight on their chest or they see her in the room. It's like everybody sees the same thing. Just like that dream guy. You ever seen the picture of that dream guy? And it's like, have you ever dreamed me? And like tons of people dream this same face all the time. 
the dream guy. <clears throat> yeah, look up like just Google it, Dream Man. Look it up. Is and, it similar yeah, to the Day Man? Google that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. But you know, could be something like that. Maybe it's just something that's stored, embedded in our in our, you know, hardwired in our DNA, and for some reason keeps popping up. Now the coup de gras. The dream man's not the coup de gras? Nope, the dream man is not the coup de gras. So once again Let that be a lesson to you, ladies. Once again, <laughs> Mr. Alistair Crowley pops up. Mr. Crowley. Now this is similar to our stories on the Loch Ness episode. You recall those stories? Him doing the rituals. Great episode. Check that one out. Loch Ness um, Monster Baby. Yep. And even Jack Parsons part two where we talked about the Babylon workings and the magical rituals of Mr. Crowley. Now Crowley is once again at the forefront of this phenomenon in our culture. So when Alistair Crowley was living in New York City in 1917, he was doing various magical rituals on West Ninth. He did one in particular known as the Amalantra working uh, from January to March of 1917 or 1918. Now, these were performed via sexual and ceremonial magic with the intent to invoke certain intelligences to physical manifestation. Now, during this time, Crowley made contact with an entity known as Lamb and drew its portrait below. And you can buy one of these stickers on our website, Drawing <laughs> of Lamb. Uh, so this is Lamb here on the left, and this is a typical gray alien here on the right. Goes together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> now, many claim that this drawing of Lamb looks eerily similar to modern descriptions of grays. So following that train of thought, it's theorized that this ritual created a deliberate channel or portal in which Lamb and other extra cosmic influences could enter the known universe, most particularly our Earth world. And according to occultists involved in such things, the portal has since widened. Now, again, we talked about this in the Babylon workings. <laughs> This could be because of the Babylon workings by Parsons and Hubbard, um, which involved the opening of a similar portal. And either they ripped the portal beyond ability to be repaired, uh, or it was enlarged beyond their ability to close it. This could be why we get um, a flood of UFOs from 47 onward. So you track in there. Yeah, I mean, do you even remember us discussing this in the Parsons episode? Him and L. Ron Hubbard go out into the desert in New Mexico. Very close and, to Snowflake, mm. Arizona. And very close to Roswell. Same and, state. Uh, seems like the portal ain't the only thing getting ripped open. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now ever since Crowley's Amalantra workings, uh, lots of people in the U.S. started started reporting visitations or abductions with creatures that looked similar to lamb. Um, now, also, as we said up top, encounters with greys are primarily an American phenomenon. So, is it mere coincidence that all of the lamb workings were done in America? Why is this guy's name lamb? You'll have to ask Alistair Crowley. Or why don't you try doing the workings yourself and... Rip that portal open, baby. And you can come into contact because this guy, Brian Butler, who apparently still practices Crowley's rituals, he did an interview for Vice and has had contacts with being similar to Lamb. 
And I guess like occultists that still do these rituals, they classify lamb as like a whole race of these beings. Like lamb is just an umbrella term, I guess. He describes lamb as a classic gray alien contact or experience, which he says is extremely terrifying because these elementals or aliens or whatever it is, it's a very cold, mechanical, computer-like intelligence. Now, he says that it's what we perceive as artificial because it's not incarnated and, and it never was. So it never had like a, a physical body here on earth. Um, so it doesn't have empathy. It doesn't relate to that at all. It's eternal. It's ancient. But at the same time, it's futuristic. He says it's from a dimension that is beyond what our perception of time is. So not only is it not a warm-blooded creature, it's also transcending barriers of time and space. So basically what this whole theory is getting at is that Crowley could have created a portal for what we know as the greys to come and visit us. And maybe they aren't extraterrestrial at all, but interdimensional. Hmm. Mm. Now, is that would that be technically the same thing? Still extraterrestrial, yeah. Like it's, or maybe you know, going off of like the multiverse theory here, like these guys are coming through different universes, and that's why we have like little differences in their encounters. That's why it's also extremely psychedelic these encounters with them. Um, you know, I mean, what are we thinking here? Well, this guy makes them sound like a bunch of assholes, so probably not something I really want to be dealing with. Well, I think they're not assholes. It's just that you cannot understand them in your physical manifestation. This is also very similar to like Ike describing the reptilians, you know, or even Alex hey, Jones. You are, no, I was just going to say you are what you eat as far as these guys being assholes, but completely irrelevant comment. <laughs> yeah, but you know how you hear like David Ike talking about vibrating on different frequencies and the the reptilians want to you know harness our energy and that sort of thing and like harness your negative energy yeah and different dimensions stuff like that it's like what did i tell you about being more positive bud i'm as positive as can be you know you're over here calling the grays assholes when i'm just saying just because you can't understand somebody doesn't really make them an asshole I'm saying that because the guy described it as sheer terror. But then he goes on to say it's terror because we can't comprehend it. So it's terrifying for him because he can't comprehend it is basically the Or just humans in general. Like we are warm-blooded beings. You know, you have a body, a vessel, if you will, here on earth, and you're on a certain vibrational frequency, if you will. Hell yeah, I am, brother. Now, these guys transcend that. They have no concept of what that is. So when you encounter it, very psychedelic, can be very terrifying. I'm thinking of it as like maybe it is like a, a DMT trip or some sort of uh, so psychedelic. You're controlling the ride if you're having a good time. Yeah. It's you a know, good experience. If you're not, it can get real dark real quick because yeah. these guys don't give a fuck. But I, I guess going off the probing and stuff, maybe these guys are just assholes. Maybe they're just into assholes. Are they like manhandling people? Hey, what's this thing? And I mean, going off of like, I guess they're not really, you know, nobody describes beings in those sightings, but those videos that were released by the Pentagon with the Tic Tac. Vigias. And it's this ship that's, you know, 
seemingly defying the laws of physics and then it just disappears, this could fall into that same line of like multiverse, you know, maybe it's just popping through into our universe for a few seconds and then it's gone. Popping through a tear. Yeah. Or maybe not even a tear, maybe a deliberate portal Mm, opened by Mr. Crowley himself. So there you have it. I mean, what's your guys's, um, you know, after all this thing, thoughts, you know, summary, conclusions on the grays? What are we thinking? First thing I'm thinking is I'm sending you guys a copy of Earthbound so you can play through the game and notice the similarities. It's eerie. I like it. Oh, hell yeah. Now Very what, thought-provoking episode. Now, what system is that on? GameCube. Super Nintendo. Okay. In conclusion, I like to think that these aliens are either us from the future, as we've previously discussed, or that they are from another planet. I mean, the, the <laughs> interdimensional thing is just... Uh, the interdimensional thing is just uh I don't I don't know if I buy into that. Really? Okay, I'm saying I think that is probably the most plausible one. That explains a lot of things. Or the the us from the future. I like that one too. Okay, yeah. Or you know, some type of AI from the future. Um I like AI? that. AI? Well, I guess some you know, type going of AI. going along the Elon Musk thing, that could be possible. Exactly. Ten man. years from now. Listen to Mr. Musk. Elongated muskrat. Yeah, so gray aliens, a hundred percent real. One hundred percent. Yep. Now You're saying wa- it here first. Watch the skies, guys, and watch your buttholes. TLDL for this one. Yeah, there's gray beings out there passing themselves off as aliens. Like Ryan said, hide your kids, hide your wives, keep your butthole tight. <laughs> so. There you have it, guys. Gray aliens. Um, if you guys have any original theories out there that we didn't discuss or or any episodes you want to hear us discuss, feel free to uh, shoot us a message, shoot us a DM. Um, for this one, if you want some further uh, readings on this material, I want to cite the Illustrated Guide to Reported Alien Species by David McDaniel, uh, alienuforesearch.com on the grays, uh, realunexplainedmysteries.com, theinquisitor.com, and matrixdisclosure.com, Gray's Alien Race, and... Does Kiana break it down for you on that website? No, but Morpheus does. (laughs) And Magical Stories Lamb by Liz Armstrong on vice.com. And um, there you have it, folks. Uh, The Gray Aliens. I just want to take this time to uh, once again say thank you to the Loyal Legion. Uh, we love you guys, love interacting with everyone. And uh, this week, hot off the press, printed by your boy, we got some uh, bandanas just in time for this motherfucking COVID-19. So uh, be sure to keep an eye on the web store because we will be dropping those bad boys as soon as possible. Yes, I should be able to have those up and ready by the time you hear this episode. Now, this so if is... if you're hearing this, they're already on the website, baby. Yeah, go ahead and uh, head o- over to podcastfromouterspace.com and pick yourself up a bandana. Be gangbanging out there with the rest of them. Now, <laughs> I will say this is a very limited quantity until we get a restock, so... Maybe we get some gray ones for yeah. the gray. <laughs> yeah, now... They could move fast, uh, so get there while you can. We should have some new stuff up in the web store throughout the summer. Uh, we've been working on 
a couple new things for the Loyal Legion. So stay tuned on that. As always, uh, feel free to hit us up on the gram, Podcast from Outer Space. Visit the web store, as we said, podcastfromouterspace.com. And uh, if you feel like it, shoot us an email, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. Yeah, guys, hope everybody is taking care, staying safe out there. Be on the lookout for Ryan's gray exotic novel, Erotica, coming out soon. <laughs> and uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah.